Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Well, praise the Lord. Here we are for another great Wednesday night. United is so good to have everybody with us. We're excited about the things of God and what God is doing for us and everything that He's promised us and all that we're seeing in our fellowship, in our churches, in your lives personally. Uh, everything that God is doing for you, it's such a blessing and uh, we're excited to see what God has in store for us in uh, the remainder of this year of expectation, manifestation, and transformation. We're believing God for great things. I want to begin a new series tonight uh, entitled, What Has Your Attention? What Has Your Attention? Uh, I've ministered for years, uh, uh, 20 plus years, that your life will go the direction of your most recent thought. And that seems so elementary in a lot of ways because uh, we use statements like that a lot, you know, and, and we quote the scripture from the book of Proverbs, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And that's so important. But here's the challenge with that that I've seen over the years is uh, statements, slogans, sayings, they are very easy to say, but then it's the doing of it. It's the, it's the putting those things to work in our lives that becomes the challenge. And so when we talk about thinking and we talk about attention and we talk about uh, what has our attention, uh, very often it can, it can come down to, well, you know, don't think on this and, and think on this. That's true uh, in the uh, elementary stage. And, and what I mean by that is that that is how it should work. There are things you should think on and things that you shouldn't think on. But the question being asked is what has your attention? Because the Lord said to us, and this is something that I feel is so important. The Lord said to us, He said, 2020 would be a year of decision. He said that it would be a year that a stand will have to be made. Now notice, <coughs> excuse me, I'll have to make a decision and take a stand. Make a decision and take a stand. He said, those who will stand for the word and for the principles in the word will find themselves more and more at odds with the world and the world system. He said, there will come, if you can imagine, an even greater divide between what is right and what is wrong. All right, so we have to make a stand, we have to take a stand, we have to make a decision. And he said, because there will come, even if you can imagine, a greater divide between what is right and what is wrong. And here's what he said. As the world continues, notice this, to give heed to lying spirits, and doctrines of devils. The decision to stand for truth and what is right will make all the difference. The decision to stand for truth and what is right is what will make all the difference. So notice again, he says, as the world continues to give heed to lying spirits and doctrines of devils. He also said that those that stand for the word and the principles in the word 
will find themselves more and more at odds with the world's system. And that the decision to stand for truth and what is right is what will make all the difference. So notice he's talking to us about a couple of different things. Uh, yes, he's talking about the people in the world, but he's also talking about the world's system. The, the way the world does things. And he says that those that stand for the word will find themselves more and more at odds with the world and the world's system. Well, that involves sin and it involves wrongdoing, but it, it, it involves mindsets, it involves the way that we think. And he said, when you are thinking different than the world's system, it's going to put you at odds with them. All right? Uh, remember, Charles Capp said this. He said that what many believers do is that they pick up the statements the world is making and they begin to say the same thing and they begin to establish that in their life. And by doing so, they corrupt their inheritance. Hallelujah. And so, when I take a stand for what the Word says, then I'm establishing what the Word says in my life. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, and verse 1, Paul wrote to Timothy, and he said, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, and here's why, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Giving heed, here's why they're going to depart from the faith. Giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Now let's break this down. That phrase, giving heed, it means to bring near, to turn the mind to, attach one's self to, or hold the mind towards. It means to bring near, to turn the mind to, to attach oneself to, or to hold the mind towards. So he's saying that they will bring these doctrines near to them, they'll turn their mind to them, they'll attach themselves to it, and they'll hold their mind towards it. All right? So giving heed then is something that I willingly do. I have to notice, I have to bring it near to me. I have to turn my mind to it. I have to attach myself to that. I have to hold my mind towards that. In other words, I have to give it my attention. Do you see this? The Phillips translation says, allow themselves to be spiritually seduced. Allow it. The uh, New English Bible says, give their minds to subversive doctrine inspired by devils. So notice, give the, allow, give, allow themselves to be seduced. Give their minds to this. The Jerusalem translation says, choose to listen to deceitful spirits. So again, we have those words, allow themselves, give their minds, choose to listen. In all of those things, I can disallow myself. I cannot give my mind. I can choose not to listen. But for the sake of our teaching, notice what he says is going to cause the problem is the focus, the giving of their minds, the giving of their attention, holding their mind toward these doctrines of devils that are going to cause their faith to be shipwrecked. Now, when we talk about doctrines of devils, then Paul, Paul talks about some of the teaching here, forbidding to marry, talking about you can't eat certain things because eating certain things is sinful and, and, and these different things. Uh, now, here's the point. 
those may seem like minor things, but they're causing a shipwreck in the person's faith because those things do not do anything to build their faith. They're a detriment. And he says they are doctrines, notice this, of devils, seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Oh, glory. And he says they would be deceived because they allowed, they gave their minds to and chose to listen to this wrong teaching. This applies to anything I'm listening to, anything that we listen to. I, I choose to do it. Amen. I, I've known people before say, well, you know, I wasn't really listening. I just had the TV on. I, I leave it on, you know, all evening or whatnot, and I wasn't really listening. But the fact that you remember what was said is evidence that that was received in your ear gate, went into your mind, and now you can remember what was said. So here, here's the importance of this. Because I'm choosing to give my attention to it. The word that the Lord gave us for 2020 tells us what we are to be giving our attention to, the truth. What the word of God has to say. Amen. And so it's very easy when we look at someone that's, that we know has listened to wrong teaching and saying, uh, well, you know, they got deceived because they, they gave their attention to the wrong thing. Well, you know, in any area, I, I've talked about this at length. If, if you are giving your attention to conspiracy theories, if you're giving your attention to uh, government conspiracy theories, if, if you're giving your attention to to you name it. If you're giving your attention to it, you're diverting your attention from the Word. Amen. I am called as a believer. You are called as a believer to give your attention to the Word. That is my responsibility as a believer, is to give my responsibility to what did the Word of God say. In the book of Romans, when Paul was talking to the Jews and the Gentiles, but he was talking to the, to the Jews specifically about the Gentiles being brought into the covenant, he, he asked this question over and over again. What saith the Scripture? What does the Scripture say? What does the Word say that you're supposed to be giving your attention to? What God said. And Paul says what got these men into, into trouble and made shipwreck of their faith was that they gave their attention. They chose to give their thinking. They held their mind towards this wrong teaching. And it caused them to have shipwrecked faith. It caused their faith to be destroyed. Amen. See, it's more than just negative and positive. I can hear something negative, but understand what the Word of God says and keep the Word as my focus. Amen. Because the Word has my attention. Yes, that was said, but this has my attention. It is when you alter that and you give your attention to what's being said that's false, you'll shipwreck your faith. You'll shipwreck your faith. And it's something as simple as this, folks. When you hear people talking about certain things and, and, and uh, the Bible says the pathway of the righteous grows brighter and brighter unto a more perfect day. It says we go from glory to glory. It says we always triumph through Christ Jesus our Lord. We're more than conquerors. The greater one lives in us. Any number of scriptures that you want to quote, that is what the Word of God says. And then if you are giving your attention to people that say, oh, it's bad and getting worse, it's dark and getting darker, there's no hope, it's the end of the world, dear God, we're all going to fall apart, and you're, you choose to give your attention to that, it'll shipwreck your faith. It'll shipwreck your faith. Amen. Do you see this? So we have to be selective 
about what has our attention or what you hold your mind towards. I like that phrase. Be selective about what has your attention. Because it, it's, it's going to determine whether your faith is strong or whether your faith is weak. It's going to determine the, the direction that you go. It will determine whether you succeed or whether you fail because it has my attention. It's what my mind is held on. Glory to God. So there are things I don't need to bring near to me. There are things I don't need to bring my mind to or turn my mind to. Amen. I was, we, uh, uh, I was talking with a minister one time, and uh, Pastor Michelle made this statement. Uh, I would like to take credit for it, but the Lord told her this. Uh, he said uh, to talk to them and say that there are things that, you are, that the enemy is trying to get you to think on that is not the real issue. But yet, that has your attention. Do you see this? Yet that has your attention. You know, the issue in the world right now is very simple. It's not COVID. It's not racial tension. Amen. It's, it's that the devil is trying to work his work and the church has to stand against it. That's what has to have our attention. Glory to God. If I have to turn my mind to something, it means I have to turn my mind from something. So if I turn my mind to what is wrong, I have had to turn my mind away from what is right. If I turn my mind to a falsehood, I've had to turn my mind away from truth. This is a choice. Amen. Truth should be what holds my attention. What did the scripture say? What did God say? Because what or who has your attention is the direction you're going to go. Notice in the book of Titus, the book of Titus chapter 1. And uh, verse 13. Well, let's start in verse 12 because he's writing to Titus who was uh, the pastor at the church there uh, in Crete. Very often they call him the bishop. But he says, One of themselves, even a prophet of their own, said, The Cretans are always liars, beasts, and slow bellies. Meaning they're They're lazy. And notice what Paul says. This witness is true. Notice that. What he's saying is right. And he says, wherefore, rebuke them sharply. Deal with them straight. All right? Why? That they may be sound in the faith. That they may be sound in the faith. Remember in 1 Timothy 4? He said the problem with listening to something that's incorrect is it will shipwreck your faith. It will cause your faith to be weak. And he said, rebuke them so they can be sound in the faith. Not, now notice, if you're sound in the faith, not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men that do what? Turn from the truth. Turn from the truth. Oh, glory to God. So he says, tell them to keep their mind on the truth and not on these fables or commandments of men because that will turn them from the truth. And if you get turned from the truth, your faith becomes unsound. Your faith will end up in shipwreck. Hallelujah. And Paul says, 
you be straight with them and tell them to keep their eyes on the truth. Glory be to God. Amen. So he says, rebuke these believers to keep them from listening to fables and commandments of men that turn them from the truth. Hallelujah. The fruit in our life comes from what holds our attention. If there's a certain thing functioning in a person's life, it's because that's what has their attention. If you are strong in faith, the Word has your attention. If you are weak in faith, the circumstance has your attention. Why? Because it is impossible to really ingest the Word of God on a regular basis and be weak in faith. It cannot be. I'm not talking about reading. I'm not, I'm not even talking about listening only. I'm talking about reading the Word and ingesting the Word. Hearing the Word and ingesting the Word. There, there, there's something that's, that's important there to me. When we talk about faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, very often we focus on, on the, the, the confession part of it. That faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God and that the Greek word that's used there is rhema, meaning the spoken word. So we'll emphasize faith comes by hearing the spoken word. Yeah, but even when the word's being spoken, am I hearing or just hearing? Amen. Because if I'm hearing the word, the Bible says faith's coming. Faith is growing. But what about the person that sits in church and hears the same thing you're hearing, but yet they don't advance in faith? Because they heard something, but they never gave it their focus. Their mind was always on something else. You will sit here on a Wednesday night and hear the Word of God, because I know how y'all are. You'll hear the Word of God, and then you'll go home and you'll start applying it. That has your attention. But there are people that will hear the Word and yet the circumstance, the problem, the situation, the family issue will hold their attention. They'll hold their attention to that. Well, I know the Word says, but. No, see, see what has their attention? And Paul said in Titus that it would, that thinking would cause them to be unsound in faith. And he said in Timothy, it would shipwreck their faith. Amen. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. As I'm reading the word, as I'm hearing the word, I'm taking time to put it in my heart and put into operation what I'm hearing. Every time you cast down imaginations, you cast down, whether it be negative imagination, evil imagination, vile imagination, whatever it may be, amen. Every time you take that scripture from Corinthians and you cast down imaginations, you are exercising your faith. You are proving that the truth has your attention. But every time a person just says, well, you know, oh my goodness, look how bad things are, and, oh, and they're just accepting all those thoughts, it's, it's, it's shipwrecking, it's destroying, it's causing their faith to be unsound. Now, I know something about that word sound because, of course, I grew up uh, around agriculture uh, in my formative years in uh, West Texas. And uh, you know what follows that, bless its holy name. And uh, I grew up in West Texas, and I grew up riding horses. I grew up around cattle. Uh, I, uh, I grew up team roping. Uh, it, was, it was something that I thought for a while I was really going to give myself to, and, and then the, the call of the, of the Lord really became prominent in my life. 
But we would talk about a, a horse, and when you were buying a horse, you went and, of course, you looked the horse over, and you were checking to see if that horse was sound. Sound. Well, you know, we think sound and we think what we hear. Well, that word sound, it, it can mean, you know, is, are they whole? Are they complete? Are they without weaknesses? Amen. Because in that profession, the horse was not a pet. The horse was not uh, like a dog or a cat, like a lot of people's horses are. That horse was a tool. It was part of my job. Whether I team roped on that horse or used that horse in my day-to-day -day, uh, feedlot and ranch activities, I, I had to have a sound horse because I might, there were days I might get up and, and have to go all, all the way on the other backside of the place and spend most of the day moving cattle. And I'd have to ride pastures, you know, multiple acres wide and have to go look for cattle and, 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 and round them up and bring them to where we needed them to be. And I'm, I might use that horse all day long. Well, I don't want to be five miles from the pickup and trailer and be afoot. So that horse has to be sound because it is part of my job. It's part of my ability to do what I've been asked to do. The Bible says faith is the victory that overcomes the world. The Bible says faith is the shield that quenches all the fiery darts of the wicked. The Bible says faith is the thing that you should examine to make sure you're in. And if my faith is unsound, it's like being on an unsound horse needing to ride all day. It's impossible. You are limited. You cannot do what you need to do because the animal is unsound. If your faith is unsound, you cannot do as a believer what you need to do because your faith's unsound. And Paul says the way that your faith, one of the ways that your faith can be caused to be unsound or destroyed or shipwrecked is by listening to the wrong thing and giving your attention to the wrong thing. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Do, do, do you see that? So the fruit in my life comes from what holds my attention. Faith has fruit. And when you look at a person's life that's in faith, there'll be fruit of their faith. James said that. He said, I'll show you my works by my faith. This, this is evidence that I have faith. Amen. I remember one time, uh, Pastor Caldwell, uh, our pastor and father in the faith, uh, he had built the church over there off of Napa Valley Drive in Little Rock. And uh, uh, he, some ministers had come to walk through it. And uh, now I, I, I want to try to say exactly what they said. I may not get it exactly correct, but as they were walking through there and he was showing them that and uh, one of the ministers looked at another one and said well why can't we build something like this and the other one said we don't have faith well he was right on he was right on I remember talking to Pastor Miss Jeannie one time and, and this has been many years ago Pastor Michelle and I were out to dinner with them and just, just uh, uh, receiving from their wisdom. And uh, Pastor Michelle asked, she said, she said, uh, Miss Jeannie, you know, what do you see uh, over the years that was so uh, integral uh, to what you and Pastor were able to accomplish? And out of her mouth, the first thing out of her mouth was, well, yet we had to have faith. Notice that phrase. This is so important. Don't miss this. We had to have faith faith my family listen to your pastor tonight you have to have faith 
You have to. It, it is, it is non-negotiable. Any, any season that you're living in, you have to have faith. Because that's what accomplishes what God wants for you in your life. Amen. Notice Isaiah 26. Isaiah chapter 26. Thank the Lord. Isaiah 26 and verse 3. It says, You will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. The mind is our thoughts or imaginations. That's the center column reference of my Bible says thoughts or imaginations. So notice, when my thoughts or my imagination is stayed on a thing, it, it's resting on that thing. It's resting on that thing. And Scripture says, I have perfect peace when my mind, my thoughts, my imagination is stayed or resting on God and His Word. And he said, I will have perfect peace or peace, peace. Complete peace. Hallelujah. When Jesus was in the boat with the disciples and the storm is raging... And Scripture says that Jesus was asleep in the back end of the boat on a pillow. And I don't know if we can describe the storm. Some translation says of hurricane proportions. Some say the boat was now filled with water. And I made the statement over the years, you do know boats are not supposed to be full of water. Right? So that means the waves were so large that they were coming over into that boat. But watch. Jesus is asleep. And one translation, I believe it is the Amplified Translation, says the disciples were shrieking with fear. The Philip Steele Translation is they were screaming like girls. Amen. But the boat's full of water. The wind is blowing. The waves are rolling. The disciples are shrieking. And Jesus is sleeping. Now think about this for a moment. You will keep him in absolute, complete, perfect peace whose mind, whose thoughts and imaginations are resting or staying on you. Now think about this. I've asked people this over the years. Could Jesus have drowned naturally? Yes. Why? He was a man. Yeah, but Jesus could have walked on the water. That's absolutely the truth. But when you break it down to the bare bones, Jesus could have sunk in this storm. But yet, he's sleeping, and others are shrieking. At what point do we understand that Jesus had to do the things that he teaches us and taught us to do? Why is he asleep in the back end of the boat? Is it because he's so tired and just wore out? Or is it because his mind is stayed on what the Father has asked him to do? He got in that boat and he said, let's go to the other side. That was it. We're going to the other side. Now, whatever storm comes and whatever storm rises, we're going to the other side. Faith never looks at the situation 
and sees the end. What I mean by that is that this is the end. We're not going to make it. Faith always sees the other side. When you're in the middle of a challenge and you're in the middle of a storm and you're in the middle of an issue, faith is always seeing what's on the other side. That's why faith calls those things that be not as though they were. That's why you need sound faith and that's why you need faith that's not shipwrecked and that's why you have to give your attention to the right thing. Because challenges are going to come and I don't want to be in the middle of a challenge and not have sound faith that's going to get me through it. Amen. So Jesus is asleep. The disciples finally went and woke him up. And notice, notice what they had turned their mind to. Don't you care that we perish? Where was their mind? Dying. Where was Jesus' mind? On the other side. Who is at perfect peace? Jesus. Who had unsound faith? The disciples. Why? Their minds were on two different things. When Jesus rebuked the wind, told the the waves to quiet down, what then did he turn to the disciples and say? How is it that you're so fearful? How is it you have no faith? Is that the explanation? That's what Jesus said the problem was. Was that they were so full of fear because they had no faith. What was the evidence that they had no faith? Master, don't you care that we perish? Right? And then the disciples said among themselves, what manner of man is this? That even the wind and the waves obey him. The manner of man they, were, they should have been. See, it's, it's, it's attention. What has your attention? And people say, well, the wind and waves had their attention. No, dying had their attention. They, they didn't come to Jesus and say, oh, Jesus, wake up. The, wind, the wind's howling and the waves are big. They said, Jesus, wake up. We're dying. So what had their attention? We're not going to make it. We're going to die. What had Jesus' attention? Getting to the other side. Can I tell you tonight, you are going to get to the other side. I'm telling you tonight that whatever you're dealing with, you are going to come through it and you're going to arrive safely at your destination and you're going to come through it because you keep your mind stayed on Him. Yes, you will in Jesus' name. Now, notice though, I can also have perfect fear or perfect anxiety if my mind has stayed on the things that produces that. Amen. Do you see that? There are people that are highly developed in worry and highly developed in fear and concern and anxiety because they listen, understand something. Lord, help me say this. You can hear something that produces fear and worry and anxiety in someone else and it doesn't even affect you because your mind is still stayed on on what God said. But there are people that their mind is constantly stayed on what others are saying, the doctor, the news, the family member, the neighbor, whatever it may be. Amen. Amen. You'll you'll hear this sometimes. I was talking to a person one time, and I heard this, and they said, well, we're all going to get back together when it's safe. Well, who said it wasn't safe? You understand what I'm saying? Who said it wasn't safe? Who told you it wasn't safe? Where did that become the focus? And so every time that person goes outside, They're avoiding people. They're avoiding, right? Because it's not safe. Who said that? And guess what? If that's their focus, it is not safe for them. Because what you dwell on, what you think on, 
Amen. Job dwelt and thought on the fact that his children may have possibly cursed God and that they were going to be judged by God and it was going to cost them their life. And Job constantly, consistently thought on it and said it and that's what happened. Because those wrong thoughts and those wrong actions and those wrong words act as a magnet to bring to you what you don't really want. Amen. The Bible says that safety comes from God. Everywhere I go, I'm in the secret place of the Most High. Everywhere I go, I'm in the rock. Everywhere I go, I'm in the fortress. Everywhere I go, God is surrounding me. I am safe wherever I'm at. Amen. He said in Psalm 23, you know it. He said, if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, if I'm right under the very shadow of death, I will not fear because you're with me. Hallelujah. So what are you supposed to have your focus on when you're going through a challenge? God's with me. You know what he said? Then if that's what he said, then that's what we need to do. Notice James chapter 1. James chapter 1 and verse 8. A double-minded man is unstable in 50% of his ways. No. All of his ways. All of his ways. Say that with me. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. The Phillips translation says, that sort of man cannot hope to receive anything from the Lord and the life of a man of divided loyalty will reveal instability at every turn. So notice, that sort of man, double-minded man, cannot hope to receive anything from the Lord and the life of a man, here's the phrase, of divided loyalty... Divided loyalty. What will it reveal? Instability. Because I have a divided loyalty. My family, listen. You've got to be loyal to this. This is what you're loyal to. This is what I keep my attention on. My loyalty belongs right here in the Word of God. I'm not loyal to what the world says, what the world believes, what the world projects. That will be divided loyalty. And the scripture says that that will reveal instability. Instability. Would shipwreck be instability? Yeah. Unsoundness is instability. So as believers, I cannot afford to have Divided loyalty. My loyalty has to be on what the Word of God has said and on it alone. The Amplified Bible says, For being as he is, a man of two minds, hesitating, dubious, irresolute. Notice what it says. He is unstable, unreliable, and uncertain about everything he thinks, feels, and decides. Now, I just described a lot of people that you know in the time we're in. They are hesitating, dubious, and irresolute. And that produces... 
unstableness, unreliableness, and uncertainness about everything that they think, they feel, or do. Hallelujah. So, so where does this come from? Having divided loyalty, being a man of two minds, Whatever happens tomorrow doesn't change my opinion. Whatever has happened doesn't influence my opinion. Because this is important. Nothing, no situation or circumstance should be able to change my opinion of the Word. Nothing. Nothing should be able to change my opinion of the Word of God. Why? This is true. Isn't it interesting that we talk about circumstances? But, and, and we talk about circumstances, people do as if they are the end-all, be-all. But yet, if a person was in a courtroom and the defense or the prosecution presented evidence and yet it was ruled circumstantial. Right? How joyful the person would be because I can't be convicted on circumstantial evidence. It has to be hard, solid evidence. Circumstantial evidence shows it may or may not have been that way. So think about this. So when you think about it that way, circumstances are not solid. It may or it may not be that way. Amen. So no circumstance, no situation should be able to change my opinion of the word. Uncertainty comes from going, or excuse me, from giving our thoughts to something other than the word. Giving our thoughts to something other than the word. It's a divided focus. And people who are unstable and unreliable have a divided focus. And, and Scripture says there in the Amplified Bible that they are un, unstable, unreliable, uncertain about everything they think, they feel, and decide. The person that keeps their mind stayed on the Word of God, the person that keeps their focus on the Word of God to the world it looks like they're not, they're not paying attention to everything that's going on. But in reality, in the world, they are so easily moved by the circumstance. All they need to hear on the news is that you need to stop doing this and you need to start doing that. And you'll see people in a day, in two days, they will totally stop doing something and start doing something else because somebody told them that's the way it needs to be. Unstable, unreliable. Do you see that? But the person that stands on the Word of God, they're the same every day. Because faith requires consistency. If your faith is going to remain sound, you have to be consistent with your faith. Consistent in the way that you approach it. I can't be moved. James says, I can't vacillate. It says a man, a double-minded man, is like a wave of the sea, driven by the wind. And it said, don't let that man think he shall receive anything from God. Well, why? Because God doesn't want to give him something? Because God doesn't want to bless him? No. He doesn't have sound faith to receive it. Well, I'm preaching better than you're letting on. Amen? And so you'll see the world 
one day they'll say, do this, and a week later, no, don't do that anymore, do this. That's the height of instability. How about this? How about we just believe God and stay with that as believers? Amen. Do, do you see that? I was, I was uh, uh, dealing with a person one time, and uh, they, they were talking about not liking some of the uh, uh, infringements that they feel are being placed on them. And I said to them, I said, well, that doesn't stop our ability to believe God. I mean, understand that. See, that doesn't have my focus. I don't care. Should I say that again? That doesn't have my focus. I don't care. What is my focus? This is the year of expectation, manifestation, and transformation. Right? It's got to have your focus. This will be a year of the manifestation of our expectation. I was talking to a brother Wednesday night, and it so blessed me, uh, uh, or excuse me, uh, Sunday night, and it so blessed me because I, I knew him and his family were facing some challenges, and I went to him, and, and I said, uh, called his name, I said, so good to see you, and I, I asked how a certain situation was going. He said, it's going great. He said, we are, expe we, we are expecting our manifestation. See where their focus is? Amen. Am I helping you tonight? You see where their focus is? On expecting and receiving manifestation. It's got to, and you got to fight for your focus. You got to fight to hold your attention on what God said. It, it's a challenge to keep your mind in that vein but you can do it because the scripture says you can amen yeah but what about this and what about that unstable unreliable do, do you see that oh glory Isaiah 33 and 6 says that wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of your days. Wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of your day. Well, wisdom and knowledge come from the Word. That, that's the source. So the Word produces stability. Stable. What you want to be in every area of your life is stable. Dads, husbands, your wives, your children, your grandchildren, they need you to be stable. They need you to be steady. They need you to be the same every day. Amen. So you got to be in the Word. Your faith needs you to be stable every day. In uh, the book of Mark, chapter 4, and verse 24, we'll read it out of the Amplified Bible. It says, speaking of Jesus, and he said to them, be careful what you're hearing. The measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you, and more besides will be given to you who hear. So notice, be careful what you're hearing, and that, that can mean be cautious in what you're hearing, selective, but in the context here, it means basically this, that you should... Pay very close attention to what you're hearing. Why? Because he said, 
the amount of time given to the truth determines the productivity of the truth in our lives. I ministered a message years ago, a series years ago, called The Measure That You Measure. The measure of thought and attention that I give to the truth I hear will be the measure of victory that comes back to me. Well, conversely, the other side, the reciprocal, is the amount of time I give to fear or failure determines the level of productivity of those things that comes back into my life. Now, some of this can sound elementary, but that's what the world's dealing with. That's what believers that you know by the score are dealing with. Their attention is held on the wrong thing. And they are waiting on the world to tell them when they can do a certain thing. They're waiting on the world to tell them when everything's okay. And the world doesn't know. They have no idea. Amen. They're as lost as a goose in a West Texas hailstorm. Because they're moved by circumstance. They're moved by what is seen. They're moved by what is heard. And so that makes them unstable, unreliable, and uncertain about everything they think, feel, or decide. Folks, I'm going to say this, and, and hear me when I say this. You cannot put your trust in what someone of the world is telling you. It's unstable. It's unreliable. It's uncertain. It'll change. When the uh, king of Israel wanted to go hire Pharaoh and Egypt, to help him fight a battle. The man of God came to him, and, and I will uh, paraphrase it this way. The man of God came to him and said, you know, the Lord says he knows what you're doing and your, your, your uh, uh, intention, but thus saith the Lord, Pharaoh is not God. Amen. Everybody, anybody, that's saying things contrary to what the Word said. They're not God. What does the Word say? That's what you stay with. Because that is where your stability and your certainty comes from. It is the stability of our days. In Luke chapter 6, and we'll end with this, I think. And verse 48. Well, verse 47 gives us the context. Whosoever cometh to me and hears my sayings and does them, I'll show you to whom he is like. He is like a man that built his house and digged deep and laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood rose, the stream beat vehemently upon that house, and it could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. But he that heareth and doeth not is like the man that without a foundation built a house upon the earth, against which the stream did beat vehemently. And immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. Notice two things. Here's the word and does the word. You have to dig. It says he digged deep. You have to focus on the word. And notice what he said. If we keep our focus on the word, the storm can come, the flood can come. But notice what he said. This is so important to me. And that storm and that flood could not shake it. For it was founded on a rock. Amen. You are not shaken. Your life is not shaken. Your family is not shaken. Because it's built on the rock of the word of God. And that settles the issue. That settles the issue. Me, you, us, we're not afraid. We have no fear. We don't live in an uncertain world or uncertain times. 
Our certainty comes from what the Word of God says. We are not even living in unsafe times where we're concerned. We're perfectly safe because we're surrounded by God and surrounded by His Word. That settles the issue. What has your attention? Amen. We'll stand up, everybody.